Hey, good morning, everybody. Nikki Burnett here, Taste Life Nutrition Radio, streaming live on KUHS Denver. Coming to you uh, alone. <laughs> we were supposed to have a guest today. Unfortunately, it, it was Aaron Amundsen, the dream guru. And I'm so sad to say that she's not going to be here. Uh, it, it's, it's disappointing, but it happens, right? It happens. Uh, she said she has a stomach bug. And oh, I remember my last stomach bug. It lasted for eight days um, after a trip to Mexico. So I feel for her terribly. Uh, but so you have me, um, which is gonna, still going to be a fun show. I get to talk about what I want to talk about. Um, and that's always fun for me. <laughs> I hope it's. I hope you get something out of it as well. So, Taste Life Nutrition Radio, what are we about? We are about truth. We want to bring to you what we know to be the best science-based information that we can and bring to you when we have guests, uh, the people who are out there who are doing amazing things, who are creating amazing businesses uh, designed around health and wellness, whether that's mind, physical, spiritual, mental, emotional, all of the things um, that 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 they have to offer, um, we there's so much that that we can do to help our bodies to to heal and to repair and to, to you know just to give us the ability to perform at our optimal level. You know we're put here for such a limited time on this earth, and it, it's a the goal with everybody I reach and everybody that I bring on and who they reach is to help people to find their best and to be their best. Um, and I, I love that about what I do. Uh, I love that about the people who I surround myself with and the guests we have on the show. So uh, today we're talking about weight loss and fad diets. Uh, this is a good one because, you know, it can be a really, it's a difficult topic. It can be sometimes really difficult to lose weight. We always, we have these issues with yo-yo diets uh, and then the, the inability to lose weight. And then, you know, go further than that. We've got diabetes and uh, uh, metabolic disease and heart disease and all of these things that can go into uh, a body that is unhealthy and unable to lose weight. But there's a lot to it. There's a lot to it. It's not just about eating too much or eating the wrong things. Both of those have a part to play, of course, but there's a lot to weight loss when it comes to biochemistry, individuality, genetics, epigenetics, and so forth. So we'll talk about all of those things. But as always, we start the show with gratitude. Um, and so I think Oh, gosh, there's so many things that I'm grateful for. You know, I get up in the morning and I do my journaling and I, I, I you know, it's it's kind of those things, you know, your, typ your typical things. I'm amazingly grateful for my, my husband and my dogs and the house that I live in um, and just the, the goodness in life, you know, the goodness that life is. Um, so I'm super grateful for all of those things. I think I think today... I'm most grateful for the ability to surround myself with amazing people who help to lift me and build me up, and then the, the platform that I have to be able to, to share, uh, which is uh, in part this show, uh, in part my business, in part uh, just getting out and being able to speak to people and, and help to bring uh, what I know to be true 
truth about health and wellness. Um, and, you know, there's so much confusion when it comes to health and wellness as a whole, right? You know, mental health, emotional health, physical health, spiritual health. You know, we, we look online, we have so much access to so much information and um, it, it, it's, it's not always easy to decipher what's right and what's wrong, but the key is what's right for you, especially when it comes to your physical health. You are an individual, I'm an individual, and what is right for me is gonna be different for everybody else. Um, and that's the way we want to want to want to work with people. Well, in in personal life as well as in business life, is we want to work with people as the individuals that they are, and um, you know, which is why you know, in in business anyway, in my practice, you know, we spend so much time with each client because everything about them is different. Their history, their 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 experiences, their their trauma, their biochemistry, uh, the way that they see life, their toxic burden, uh, you know, everything is different about every person. And so when we're working with people in the practice, it is what's your experience? What are your symptoms? What are you dealing with? What are your, what are your personal goals? Uh, what are your fitness goals? Um, and then we run labs and we go as deep as we possibly can to truly understand and uncover what's going on to create whatever symptoms someone is dealing with. And what we have to remember is symptoms are, yes, they're things like chronic pain, fatigue, brain fog, anxiety, depression, uh, you know, stomach pain, heartburn, but we can go deeper than that. And, and symptoms include disease, right? So disease is just dis-ease. The body is in a state of dis-ease. And although we have a name for diseases, there's still symptoms. There's still the body talking to us and, and, you know, knocking on that door, trying to get your attention saying, we got something going on here and I can't continue to do this on my own. I need your help and I need your input. Um, and so we want to to really take a step back and start to learn again what our body is, what our body's about, what our body's trying to tell us through the things that we experience. So, you know, it can be the thoughts that we experience, good and bad thoughts, right? Um, it can be the pains and the, the aches and the, the aging, you know, aging too, too soon uh, is, is certainly a symptom. Um, and the negative self-talk, a lot of these things that go on and, you know, in our mind can be due to the inflammatory process that's going on in our body. So if we're dealing with, with constant frustration and constant negative self-talk and uh, some anxiety and depression, suicidal thoughts, these things can be due to this inflammatory process that is creating the thoughts and creating the symptoms, right? These are all symptoms. So pay attention to those. Find people who have the ability to, ability to help you dig. Don't, don't just be okay with you have this disease or that disease. Always ask the question why. Um, and they give you an answer. If you find an answer, ask why again. You get another answer, ask why again. Keep digging deeper. Uh, because there's gonna be there's gonna be something that is 
deep in there that's going to help you uh, uh, help you to understand your body, what your body needs, and then how to bring balance to your body. So with that, um, I want to talk a little bit about, I want to talk about weight loss and I want to talk about the fad diets and all of the things that kind of go into this because, you know, as I said a few minutes ago, we have so much information. We have, you know, so many people out there who are, you know, giving their opinion. Some of it's science-based and some of it's not. Um, And some of these things work for some people and some of them don't. And so, you know, I have people who come to me who are so frustrated because they have tried over and over and over again to, to lose weight, but it just keeps coming back and they can't figure out why. And so often I think it, it in, in part anyway, is these, you know, we do these, these quickie diets, you know, the 30-day diet or the two-week diet or the 12-week diet, you know, and that's, that's a problem in and of itself right there is the word diet. You know, if if I use the word diet, I'm going to use it because it's a therapeutic type of diet, right? So if you want to do, if we're doing keto, a keto diet for cancer purposes, that's a therapeutic type of diet. Uh, Even vegan, uh, a vegan diet can be a therapeutic type of diet. Now, based on the science, uh, I don't believe that it's a good long-term option, but I think it's a good short-term option. And so, you know, if we are just, if we're looking to lose weight, to balance the body, to eliminate symptoms, then dieting is not the answer in, a, in most cases. It's all wrapped around lifestyle, right? It's lifestyle that is important. It's understanding what good healthy food is, what you need to put into your body to allow the body to function properly. And if you if you've listened to me before, you've heard me say that food is a language. Food is it, it, it in its essence as it breaks down and all of the nutrients within and the chemicals and the vitamins and the minerals and all of those things and things that we probably don't even haven't even discovered yet literally talk to ourselves and talk to our DNA and allow the body to perform and function properly. So if we're eating good, clean food, then the body knows what to do. If we're not eating good, clean food and we're eating food full of uh, pesticides and herbicides and coloring and, and preservatives and so forth, then the body becomes confused. So it's like, it's, it's like, it's like the food is, is not speaking a language that the body understands, right? So it goes, I don't understand. What do you want me to do? I don't get it. And so this is when, you know, the, the, the breakdown starts to happen and the red flags go up and we start to get symptoms of, you know, it can be different for everybody. But again, the chronic pain, the fatigue, the brain fog, and then on into the inability to lose weight or the inability to gain weight. And then into situations of leaky gut, autoimmune diseases, heart, heart disease, uh, cardiovascular disease, uh, uh, you know, go into Alzheimer's disease, you can, you know, keep going as, as, as far as you want. So the thing that we need to realize 
is there only about 5% of the diseases that we deal with that are true genetic diseases? And a lot of times we want to blame whatever we're dealing with, whether it's weight loss or, or a specific condition like diabetes. Uh, we want to blame it on genetics or our family or, you know, it runs in the family, so this is just how it is, when it's really not the case at all. Um, it's, it's, you know, we have the ability to, to control so much of what we deal with when it comes to our health, which is why, you know, for my, my company, one of my taglines is we do have control over our genetic destiny because we do, you know, we, we call, um, uh, you know, we, it's, it's, it's more of an epigenetic destiny. And so to hit on that briefly, it's just such an amazing difficult topic epigenetics i love it but it's it's really hard <laughs> but it's, i just love it to pieces because it makes so much sense uh but it puts a lot it puts account all of the accountability on us and the way that we live our lives so the term epigenetics so we have our genome and the uh, on top of our genes so epi essentially on top of our genes we have locations uh, that are called single nucleotide, nucleotide polymorphisms. You can hear the term SNP or polymorphism. Um, essentially, this is not altogether correct, but in order to kind of help to visualize it, uh, essentially it's a mutation. Uh, but it's everybody has them. Everybody has, I don't know, however many millions of SNPs, so many we haven't even discovered yet, but we have, you know, I don't know, several hundred I would say that we are studying pretty deeply and that we can see. So we can look and see if people have these polymorphisms and but just because you have a polymorphism doesn't mean it's a problem. And polymorphisms can also be good. So they turn on and off based on for the most part our lifestyle. Trauma, food, exercise, stress, uh environmental toxicities, uh, toxins inside of the home, stuff we put on our on our body. I think I said food, but of course food. So these are all things that we have control o- over. And so if a SNP turns on and off, on or off, it's due to what we're doing on a daily basis. And SNPs can turn on minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day, month by month, year by year. Right? You know, it's constantly. Uh, 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 working it's constantly flipping on and off but when we have things say autoimmune condition celiac disease which is something that we can see if someone has the potential for as we're looking into their genetic markers or epigenetic markers and so we can look and see this and then we have the ability hopefully to avoid it. If we see it, then we can avoid it. If you, and you know, we just know that the potential is there. So really that's all that is. Epigenetics is your potential. Um, and then we have the ability to see that. And if you, and, and if we see it before it happens, then we can start to avoid it. But if you already have symptoms, say so you already have celiac disease, then we at least know it. We know where it comes from. That's how your body's expressing symptoms, right? Uh, because it's your potential. But then we also know that there are ways of, of helping to hopefully put in remission things like celiac disease, um, which can be really, really hard for people uh, to, to deal with. But 
if you don't know what autoimmune disease is, it's where the body attacks its own tissues. And so in celiac disease specifically, it, it attacks uh, the intestinal lining and creates all kinds of terrible situations, nutrient deficiencies, malnourishment, you know, on and on. It's, it can be really awful, especially if it goes undiagnosed. We're much better at diagnosing it now um, because there's so much more of it around. So I digress a little bit, but understanding um, that, you know, we have this epigenetic potential gives us, or it, it puts the accountability on us, which is a good thing, but sometimes it can be kind of hard because we can't blame it on our parents and we can't blame it on our, on our grandparents. And we can't just say, oh, it's just the way that it is when we do have control of what we're putting into our mouth and what we're putting on our body and into our environment. Um, obviously, we can't control what the chemicals that are going into the air, unfortunately, um, but, uh, but we have a lot of things that we can control. So I want to talk a little bit, I think, about, you know, just a little bit anyway, about specific diets. So I don't like the term diet, as I already stated. I think it puts a bad, it's, a, it's essentially a four-letter word, right? If, you, if you're on a diet, it's, 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 for me anyway, this is how I feel, and this is how what I hear most of my clients say, it's frustrating because it's like it's like it's kind of torturous or it's um it's just you know this this time you got to do this thing and then you got to go back to normal which normal should be a consistent healthy lifestyle and that's what we want to to create in our life and for our families is just a consistent healthy lifestyle now nobody's perfect right i love ice cream i'm gonna eat it every now and then (laughs) well avocado ice cream anyway but, um, you know, it's, it's part of it. But if we do it on a consistent, regular basis, then we have the ability to have those cheat days every now and then or have a little bit of the cookie or the cake or whatever it is that you might want. Um, and, you know, don't feel guilty for it. You know, life is meant to be enjoyed. Food is meant to be enjoyed. We want to have this really great, amazing relationship with food and not this feeling that we're always fighting the food. And this, I hear this in practice a lot when people come to me for weight loss, or even if they're come to me, come to me with GI dysfunction. They're like, I just want to be able to eat food. Why doesn't food like me? And somebody who's trying to lose weight, why does food not like me? Because I don't know what to eat and I can't lose the weight. And I think what we want to understand is there's a lot of biochemistry that's going on there, um, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But there are a couple of a couple of diets that I want to hit on that are, like I said, true in my mind and what I believe to be the case. They're true therapeutic types of diets, and so keto and veganism. I think, uh, yeah, I have my list here, making sure I'm hitting the right ones. But those two, I think, are great therapeutic short-term to moderately short-term types of diets. You know, keto has been shown to work really well for, um, oh, shoot, seizure, uh, epilepsy. Thank you. Uh, For epileptic, uh, especially epileptic epileptic kiddos. Uh, But the keto diet works really well for that. There's a lot of good data behind that. So if you or someone you know is dealing with uh, uh, a condition like epilepsy, 
look into it, check it out. Um, it is a high-fat diet. It's very high-fat, but it's not just any fat. It's only good, healthy fats with protein and then good, non-starchy vegetables. Um, so I, I, depending on what you do for a keto diet, it is 70 to 90% fat, so it's intense. Um, but this is why I also don't see it as a good option for a long-term lifestyle is because it's so high fat. And, you know, when we're talking about epigenetics, there are certain um, polymorphisms that don't do well with high fat, you know. So we want to take that into consideration and we want to know as much as we can about who we are and, you know, as we're going through these diets, which is why I really like looking at, you know, epigenetic markers because it helps give me guidance if, if, I, if someone wants to go keto I can, I can look at their markers and say, okay, yeah, that's a great idea for you, or it may not be a great idea for you, probably not the best idea, because there are certain polymorphisms that don't utilize fat the way other polymorphisms do, or people. And so we just want to be really, really aware of that. Um, and, you know, but, you know, it, with cancer, cancer, cancer patients, some of them, I'd say a lot of them do really, really well on keto diets. Uh, but cancer can feed on all different things. It can feed on estrogens, it can you know, hormones, it can feed on uh, sugar. Uh, so those are, you know, you want to know as much as you can about the specifics of the type of cancer in order to know, as well as your epigenetics, in order to know what might be best for you. It takes a lot of research, and, and there are people who I know, uh, I you know, in, in dealing with a lot of cancer, uh, personally, well, not me, but in the family over the last few years, um, I've done a pretty significant amount of research. It's not, um, it's not what I'm really good at, but I know people who are really good at it. Um, I will, I do plan to have a guest on who will talk about cancer and nutrition coming up in the following months. She is not scheduled yet, uh, but I'm super excited to have her on. So uh, we'll, as soon as we get that on the schedule, we'll let you know, but that's going to be a really good show. Um, now moving on into uh, a vegan diet. I think a vegan diet is not a lifestyle either. We were not intended to supplement. If you're a vegan or vegetarian, oftentimes you have to take supplements in order to get the proper nutrients you need. So I don't see it as a lifestyle. Lots of people are going to disagree with me, and that's okay. I have friends who are vegetarian and vegan. I was both vegetarian and vegan. I was vegetarian for a year and vegan. I'm sorry, vegetarian for five years and vegan for a year. And I learned a lot during that period of time. Um, I learned about, you know, I learned about what it takes. I learned about, you know, what it, you know, how it feels. But the reason I went vegan, uh, I'll try to keep, man, it's funny, I could just keep going on forever about this stuff, but <laughs> um, I went vegan because my dad read a book and decided because of this book, he was going to go vegan. So I decided, okay, well, I'll go vegan. Well, not with you, but because of you. I wanted to try it and I wanted to see what it was about. But at the same time, I read the book and that's when right about that time, no, I was probably eight months in or so. I decided to go to nutrition school. Uh, and, uh, it, you know, data is king, right? You know, when you have data, 
you have you don't have to follow the data, but I think it's pretty important to follow the data. So what I ended up doing is probably three months, four months into uh, my schooling, I decided uh, this is not a good, healthy lifestyle. Uh, but I did take that book, and that's what I based my thesis on when I went, you know, for for nutrition school was based on fat and cardiovascular disease and veganism and what makes sense. And this book basically was wrapped around patients who were at the end of their rope. They had terrible cardiovascular disease. The doctors told them there's nothing you can do and you need to go home, get your things in order, sit in a rocking chair because too much movement is not good for you and and just wait to die. And so this doctor took on these patients and he had a protocol which was a almost no fat diet, no fat vegan diet. Sugar was okay. So I was like, what is that about? <laughs> but sugar was okay, but there was no fat. I think it was like under 10% fat. Uh, and then everything was, was vegan. Then he also put them on statins and did some other things. So what, in short, what I determined in, in, you know, I looked every, every study that he documented, I looked into and researched every single study that was in that book. And there were a ton of them. And I wish that I could really dig into this. It's it's, but there's so much to it. I think my I think my paper was forty or fifty pages long, and I had to had to cut it back significantly. But there's so much in it. But what we need to understand is, yes, I think he did great things. These are patients who truly were at the end of their rope, and he did an amazing thing with them by helping them to reverse their health. And he did. He reversed the cardiovascular disease, and it was amazing. So I truly believe that he did great things for these patients. And, and we also, there was, I think there were 12 of them. So it was not like it was a big study, but it worked. But what we have to understand that a lifetime of low to no fat is not okay. A lifetime of high sugar is not okay. A lifetime of no meat is not okay because these are things that the body needs in order to function properly. We must have fat. We must have meat at least in small amounts. So if you are vegan or vegetarian, I'm not here to try to convince you by any means, but but know that you have to supplement. You have to take B vitamins. You probably should take iron. Um, You're probably going to have to make sure you're getting your complete proteins, um, you know, in order to to make sure that that your body is functioning properly. Um, I think it's really important, and I do believe that a lot of people are suffering from, from, deficiencies because they're not getting what they need through these diets. But short term, I think it's it can be a really great idea. Uh, somebody comes to me with intense cardiovascular disease, they've had a cardiovascular event or a stroke, I would put them on a vegan diet for a period of time for sure with, with supplementation. So um, there are other things we can look at. Uh, a low-fat diet, it kind of goes along with what we just said. Uh, so I don't think I need to put too much into that. You know, we, we have, we've gone through this whole period, I don't know, starting in the 30s, I think, where they started to demonize fat. And uh, that has, you know, they demonized it because we were dealing with cardiovascular disease. And, you know, based on a, a study that was a fouled-up study, Right. And so then it became political and then fat became political. And then, you know, you have these 
lobbyists, you know, who are lobbying for fat or against fat or for milk or against milk and or dairy and all of these things. And it just becomes so political that we get so confused on what's what's right and what's wrong as far as what we need to function. And that's really all it comes down to is the body functioning properly. And so thankfully we're coming out of that, but there's still those who believe that, that we should eat low fat. What happens when we eat low fat is fats taken out of things like yogurt. I'm not a dairy yogurt fan at all. Uh, but we have low fat yogurt. What happens? They put in sugar because the fat gives it flavor. And fat helps our brain to function. Fat helps our helps uh, you know cellular integrity. It helps to to create and build our hormones. It, it it it's so important in in just the body functioning properly. Protection, right? Uh, internal protection. And if we're not eating it, all of these things are. It's going to create a problem. So you know, don't fall for the low fat stuff. It doesn't mean that you need to eat high fat. Again, it goes back to your body, what your body needs. What I know for myself, because I know my my epigenetics, at least in part, um, is that I am naturally a lower fat type of person, a lower fat, lower protein. So I try to be, you know, aware of the amount of protein and fat that I take in, but I still eat plenty of it. I'm going to eat plenty of avocados uh, and plenty of olive oil, which is amazing for you, which leads me into Mediterranean. We've heard of Mediterranean uh, for, I don't know, for however many years. Good, healthy fish, lots of good olive oil. Um, I think we want to be really careful with olive oil, though. Don't buy olive oil if it's, if it's in a plastic bottle. I have to tell a story. <laughs> it's kind of awful, and if any of my family is listening, I apologize, but it's funny. Um, so I was up with my family in Michigan, and I wanted to cook for everybody, and so I needed some olive oil. And so my uh, my aunt went to her. She made the trip, went to her house, picked up her oil, and brought it to me. And it was in a big plastic jug that had been sitting over the stove. <laughs> so literally, I opened up the jug and I smelled it. And it almost knocked me off of my feet. You can smell the rancidity of fat. And it's so bad when it's oxidized, it creates oxidative stress in the body. And it can it's inflammatory, potentially, potentially carcin, car, carcinogenic. Um, so smell your oil. Same thing happened. Um, and so we didn't use it. I actually went out and bought some good olive oil. So, I mean, it's a lesson, right? You know, I was able to tell them, don't buy this kind of olive oil. It's so unhealthy and so, so inflammatory. On top of the fact that what can happen with oils that you don't know and you don't trust, it might say oils that you don't know, it might say olive oil. They're cutting it. They're cutting it with canola oil or vegetable oil or I don't even know what. And you talk about inflammatory, vegetable oils, cottonseed oil, um, I don't see cottonseed oil in much of anything, but I recently thought I was going to buy some sardines in a can and it was mixed with cottonseed oil and it was out of China. Be careful with your food. Uh, and it was coming from a natural, it was online, but it was a, a, a natural health shop online. You got to look at what's in your food. Cottonseed oil, it's terrible. It's genetically modified. It is not a healthy oil. It's very inflammatory. Going back to cardiovascular disease, 
canola o- canola oil is incredibly inflammatory. Your doctors, people who don't know, right? It's not just the doctors, but if, if you don't know this, we're told that it's good for cardiovascular disease. It's good for the heart. It is not. If you have it in your kitchen, do not finish it. Throw it away. There's nothing good about canola oil. And if you're dealing with heart disease, it's going to make it worse. So just remember that. Um, you know, I get, we used to get crazy when I would hear it You know, on, I think it was Pandora, they were talking about canola oil. And uh, it's just... It's a, it's a it's a huge problem. I'll stop it at that. But um, anyway, but make sure that if you're if you're buying your olive oil, that you're buying olive oil that you know, you know. I order it and have it sent to me direct from the olive oil manufacturer. Uh, you know, a small farm, and you might want to consider that because I don't know how to know if it's good or bad just at the store. You can smell it a lot of times. You can smell if it's olive oil, but is it still cut? You know, there are olive oils that I've smelled that have virtually no smell, and I don't think that that's normal or natural. So um, so just be aware of that. Be aware of the rancidity that can happen. I was at my mother-in-law's at one point, uh, smelled some avocado oil, and it was rancid. So it, it's a it's an intense smell. So just throw it away. Throw away unhealthy fats. Vegetable oils, throw them away. Just Get them out of the house, right? Okay. Um, True low carb, I think, is also a problem. I think that to be low carb for an extended period of time is not healthy for the body, uh, which goes along with keto, right? It's just, it's, it's, it's essentially the same thing. We have to have carbohydrates. So what I enjoy and what I do a lot personally is carb cycling. So it's mostly higher fat. It's not high fat, but it's higher fat for me personally, right? I figured out what, what I need. But then I will throw in high carb days uh, every few days, right? So typically it's a Wednesday and a Saturday. I throw in a high carb day and an extremely low fat day. So it tends to be 8 to 12 grams of fat. Again, this is for me. Uh, this is not for everybody. You can find a carb cycling calculator that can be helpful for you. Um, but eight to eight to 12 grams of fat and then 180 grams of carbohydrates. And then on my high fat days, it's closer to 50 to 60 grams of fat and then, uh, 25 grams of carbohydrate. And so what that does is it, it creates this metabolic flexibility in the body, um, which can be really beneficial for women who are, uh, perimenopausal and menopausal, um, it can help to balance hormones if you have significant uh, PMS issues. So I enjoy carb cycling. Uh, things that you want to think about, though, when it comes to carbohydrates and when it comes to eating in general anyway, it's more about the type of food that you're putting in your body. So on high-carb days, it's not about going and eating a bunch of bread and a bunch of pasta and a bunch of junk food. The way I do it and the way that I recommend my clients do it is you add in a lot of fruit because your fruit on low-carb days is going to be pretty low. You can have a few berries and things like that, but your low-carb days, fruit's going to be quite low. And so it's fun because you can mix in bananas and mangoes and these really high-carb foods that you don't typically get throughout the week. But it creates metabolic flexibility in the body to to adjust. Um, and it can really help a body to to lean out. It can help body composition. Um, I've enjoyed the heck out of it. Now, there are things that I miss and that I still do, but just not as often. 
I love almond butter and apples, and that's a hard one to do when you're doing it uh, when you're doing carb cycling. So, it is a great way to lose some weight. It works really, really well. Um, and then when you lose the weight that you want, then you kind of can moderate that a little bit. Um, and so I enjoy that a lot. Um, I also mix into that mid- intermittent fasting. Um, I do it several days a week, usually four to five days a week. I'll do intermittent fasting, and I think it's a great option. It works really well for men, too. So in most cases, you have an eight- or ten-hour uh, fasting period, and then you eat in those uh, – uh, I'm sorry – you have an eight or 10 hour eating period and the rest of the time you fast. Uh, it works really well. I, I think it's great. And fasting short term, I think is a great idea. Uh, you know, a day, two days, you know, you get more. Some people might go four or five days. That's a lot for me. But fasting for a short period of time is a great idea. And then there's fasting mimicking that's very, very specific. Uh, there are companies who can help you with this. Um, I, uh, you know, of course I have products that can help with this, but you do that for five days and that's really, really good for helping metabolism as well, uh, for, for, for decreasing cellular age and genetic age. It increases what's called telomeres, which is how we know how, how old we are inside, if that makes sense. Uh, not just our, 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 you know, our years, but how old our body actually is. Uh, super interesting. And so fasting mimicking has been proven to extend our telomeres, which extends our longevity. Pretty cool, I think. So the thing that I think we want to be really careful with when we're looking at ways of losing weight, uh, actually, I need to take a quick break. I need to talk about my amazing sponsor, Oh, Cellcore. I love Cellcor. Um, they are changing the way I practice. They're changing the way a lot of practitioners practice because they have the most innovative products on the market, hands down. I'm super excited about what they do and what they're about. Um, you hear me talk a lot about this, and I will just jump into it a little bit right now. We'll hit we'll hit on what I was going to say here in a few minutes. But um, when it comes to weight loss, a lot of times it's because we're dealing with a burden on the body. And it can be a chemical burden, a toxic burden, a parasitic burden, uh, and oftentimes it is a parasitic burden. We are dealing with parasites and worms that we don't see come up on labs. And it creates a huge problem on the body. These things can trigger autoimmune diseases. They can trigger hormonal imbalances. They can trigger the inability to lose weight. They can trigger skin issues and sleeping issues and brain fog and anxiety. I mean, all of these things that I talk about on a daily basis oftentimes may come from this burden of parasites and worms. So this is where Cellcor comes in because they have they have created their supplements with 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 a delivery system like no other, um, and it works really well. It gets deep into the cells. I've not experienced anything like what the Cell Cellcor products can do for for me personally. I have my own experiences. Uh, as well as my clients, as well as the practitioners who I talk with on a regular basis who also are having their own experiences and their experiences with their clients and their patients. 
it's truly amazing how it can change a life. Uh, another toxic burden is mold. We're seeing mold all over the place, and it is it's it can be difficult to diagnose. Um, you can find it. You can we can run labs to to look and see if someone has mold toxicity. Oftentimes, though, if we have mold toxicity, it's because the body has the it doesn't have the ability to rid itself of the mold because there's another burden, which is parasites and worms. Right? So you can see how this can happen. You know, if somebody comes to me and they're dealing with um, a candida overload or uh, you know a small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, you know, it's rarely that is that's a symptom because the body doesn't have the ability to fight it off. Yes, the microbiome can be out of whack. Yes, they you know they might have been taking antibiotics and things that can throw the microbiome out of whack, but probably again, as I always say, dig deeper. It's more likely that there is another burden there which is parasites and worms that are not allowing the body to deal with the overgrowth because it's trying to deal with the parasites and the worms. So, you know, we don't just have to have situations where we are um, just chronically, you know, have chronic stomach aches, right? You know, that's something like, well, maybe I have a parasite or maybe I have a worm. It's so much more than that. And oftentimes we're not addressing those situations. So when 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 weight loss is a problem and it's a chronic problem, maybe it's because of of this burden. The body doesn't have the ability to do what it needs to do in order to allow the body to balance to lose the weight or to gain the weight, right? Whatever the the situation might be. So this is where Cellcore comes into play. Uh, their products are truly amazing. I love what they do, um, and I'm excited to have uh, brought them on on board into my practice. Uh, and continue to learn so much about them. So um, moving into, um, you know, weight loss versus fat loss a little bit. One of the things that I think it's important to understand is, you know, stress can play a big, big role in the ability or inability to lose weight. And, um, you know, I, I say this a lot, stress shrinks the brain. Right, and so when we when we're looking at symptoms that we're dealing with, weight loss or inability to lose weight being one of those symptoms. But what we often can find is, you know, we have so much stress going in our lives. We have adrenal fatigue or the adrenals that are just, you know, pumping out cortisol constantly. So what happens with the adrenal glands is we is, you know, it is they pump out cortisol and cortisone and you know these hormones that are fight or flight hormones and it's good that's what they're supposed to do uh, but not constantly right there you know it's a it's a situation there's an accident or you're running from something or whatever the case may be where the adrenals help you to survive that's what they're supposed to do uh those uh, those, those catecholamines uh and those you know the cortisol they are supposed to help you survive a scary situation, right? But what happens when we're under chronic stress and they're constantly pumping out these these hormones, epinephrine, norepinephrine, all my hormones are coming to me. Um, what can happen though is there it's constantly elevated and it puts the body in a catabolic state. So cortisol can be anti-inflammatory and it can be anabolic, right? So it helps you to to do things and do really fast. But then 
it is, if it's constantly elevated, it is then catabolic, which means it breaks down tissue. So if we're constantly, if we're constantly stressed and we're trying to lose weight and we're, you know, have this negative self-talk and we have, you know, hard family relationships and we have this trauma and all of these things going on. So our cortisol stays up here. It's breaking down muscle tissue it's, and it's holding on to fat. And so that is a situation, you know, that's why we want to bring in, we want to look at lifestyle when it comes to weight loss. We've got to look at everything. We've got to look at, you know, our prayer and our meditation and uh, our, you know, bringing down stress and being calm and working on healthy relationships and eliminating unhealthy relationships if possible. Um, And, you know, all of these things that go into the mindset of weight loss, you know, bringing in visualization of weight loss. Um, even if, if it's not weight loss, if it's a, a condition you're dealing with, bringing in the visualization of being healthy. Those are things that can really help your mindset and help sort of move you to that next level of wherever you, whatever your goal is that you're trying to achieve. And so, um, you know, we go through for, you know, dealing with... Uh, yo-yo diets and i i have a little bit of experience with this myself i did that did this younger where you're like you know crazy diet where you're uh, uh, you know restricting calories and you know you've got 500 calorie restriction or a thousand calorie restriction and then once you come off of that the it goes up or you're eating the prefab foods i call prefab foods the things like the nutrisystems where they send you food that comes in a box that can sit on the shelf i mean to me that is I'm like, really? (laughs) This is not a healthy way of living your life. And this is something that my mom did, sweet thing. I told her over and over again, and this was before I even knew anything about nutrition. This is not good nutrition. This is not healthy for you. Imagine the chemicals to keep the shelf life, you know, however long the shelf life is of this type of food. And it's not refrigerated and on and on. So think about what it is that you're putting in your body and these, you know, you may lose the weight with these prefab foods, but you're not feeding your body. We got to feed the body. And so this is what I experienced with my mom was this up and down and up and down and up and down. And what happens when you go down, oftentimes you're losing muscle mass, but then when you go up, you're gaining fat. And then you go on another diet and you lose muscle mass and then you come off the diet. It doesn't work. You get frustrated because you don't know how to eat properly and you gain fat. So it's kind of this ugly thing, but biochemically it's creating a situation that just makes it really hard for the body to balance. And then you're throwing your, your hunger hormones and your satiety hormones out of completely out of whack. So if you've heard of leptin and ghrelin, those are hormones that help to help to regulate hunger and regulate satiety. And they can, they can be totally out of whack. So you don't know, and this is where it comes in where, you know, a lot of people blame themselves for being overweight and not being able to control what they eat. It's not them. It's their, it's inside. It's their hormones. It's the biochemistry that is completely wonky. And they're, they're creating a, it has created a situation where the hormones, they're not working properly. And and we can, we can test leptin. I've not seen a test yet for ghrelin, but we can test leptin and we can see if they're out of whack and then you know so things that can help bring those hormones back into balance is fasting and intermittent fasting and short-term calorie restriction short-term calorie restriction these things can help to bring it back into balance as well as then of course understanding your other hormones 
Is your thyroid in order? What are your sex hormones doing? Are you able to detoxify your 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 estrogens properly? Because uh, a lot of times we see that as well. If the, if the liver's clogged or there are epigenetic SNPs that doesn't allow the, the liver to, to detoxify the way that it should um, because we're not giving it the nutrients that we need. You know, Again, there's so much and it can go so deep, but it, it gets really fun because you're putting together – this is where I nerd out – but you're putting together these pieces of the puzzle – when you're looking at the labs and you're looking at lifestyle and you're looking at, at all of the factors that go into a single person and what what has gone on to them to create the situation that they're in and you start putting all the little pieces together and you can kind of help then to dig out of that a little bit but you have to have a starting point um, and it's just it's that's where the the fun comes in at least for me and the the nerds like me who who like to look at this stuff and put the puzzle together and dig in that's the cool part about it because you can start to put the pieces together. Okay, this is where we start. This is the foundational level. Here's the root cause. Let's then start to dig out of it. Um, and it's just really cool stuff. I, I just think it's so much fun. <laughs> so let's see. Uh, moving into that, you know, something super basic, so basic that we have people we have such a hard time with is drinking enough water. Water is so important. I'm going to say it. I know you're like, okay, I know I need to drink more water. Just do it. You know, put lemon in it, put essential oils in it, put, put uh, lime in it, do whatever it takes to, to make the water what it is to, to make you want to drink it. Um, and that's something that I've been doing more of is using essential oils for water. Um, lemon, lime, and orange are kind of my favorites. But, um, you know, I'm not the best at drinking water myself. It is a focus for me every day. I have to think about drinking water. Uh, so I'm not great at it. I love, I call it sparkly water <laughs> so or bubbly water. Uh, I love that too. Um, so do what it, do whatever it takes to get the water in your body. Um, you know, a lot of people say that orange juice is a great way of getting water in your body. No, not really. Sure. It's a liquid. There's probably some water in it, but you know, if you're going to get water from fruit, it needs to be from the fruit that has the fiber in it as well. That's great. Um, but it's not going to be enough water. You really need to get enough water. And, and too much, that would end up being just way too much fruit. Fruit is great, but we need more vegetables. We need lots and lots and lots of vegetables. Um, so orange juice is just going to be full of sugar. Be careful with orange juice. Um, be careful with any kind of fruit juice. Uh, they are super, they're meant to be consumed, if at all, in very, very small amounts. So, uh, you know, the things there's... Um, the things that are at the grocery store that look like the, you know, the, the veggie, like the, oh, can't think of what it's called. I haven't, I used to think it was really healthy, but they've got the, the different flavors and it's all fruit and some vegetables and the green juice and the mango juice and all of this stuff. Um, it is not your friend if you are trying to lose weight. Uh, it, but I will tell you vegetable juice, I think is a great idea as long as it's not pasteurized. Fresh fresh vegetable juice is a great idea. Add some lemon, some lime. Um, that can be super yummy and super nutritious. Um, help the body to, to rid itself of toxins. It's good stuff. Okay. Um, I think, let's see. I think one of the things that I hear a lot with people who are trying to lose weight, and I know um, I would hear this, my, my sweet mom, <laughs> I don't mean to keep using her and I know she's looking down on me going, really, is this what you're doing? I know, but you're, you're a great example, mom. I, I can't help it. Um, <laughs> 
she would weigh herself every single day. And I, uh, and you know, there are still people today who help people to lose weight who believe that weighing yourself every day is a good idea. It helps you to focus on, you know, what it is that you need to do that day. I think it's a bad idea. I think it creates uh, frustration because the body is so dynamic. Even if you're in a situation where you're losing weight, you you might be hopefully if you're you know getting out and walking or working out or doing CrossFit or whatever it is that that you're doing to keep your body fit. Hopefully, you're putting on muscle. Muscle weighs more than fat, so it can be really sort of damaging to the psyche if you are if if you know you're watching the scale every day go up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down because that's probably what it's going to do so um i tell people you know look at how your clothes fit uh measure yourself that's the best way is to measure yourself so you you're seeing that the body is changing um and 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 makes more sense to understand the body that way as opposed to just looking at the number on the scale. Now, I'm not saying that you should never weigh yourself. I think it's fine. I tend to weigh myself. It it might be once a week. It might be once a month. It might be once every few months. kind of just depends. Um, But I think it's, um, you know, it's fine. Just don't fixate on it. And I think weighing daily fixates you and can be, you know, just can be, it can create a problem. And I don't like it. I don't recommend it at all. Um, so what are things that we can do to create good, healthy eating habits that can start to get you to the point to where um, you are, you're creating that lifestyle without dieting, right? Um, and so I will say sometimes we have to restrict calories a little bit severe calorie restriction is a huge problem don't do it it doesn't work it's not sustainable so you got to know what it is you're doing you got to know what your body needs because your body has to have calories to function there are a certain amount of calories that your specific body needs every single day to just perform its functions the heartbeat the digestion the movement of blood uh, you know, the you know muscles working, brain function, all of the things that the body does, you have to have calories in order to allow those things to happen. But we don't need too many calories. Too many calories can create a problem as well. So, uh, but we want to eat good, real food. Like I said a few minutes ago, vegetables, lots of vegetables. If you can get your vegetables straight off a of vine, there is a chemical in vegetables that is... I, I meant to look this up. I saw this recently because it's something that I didn't know. But right off the vine, there's a chemical that is in vegetables. I think that it's a few days prior to picking as they are really super ripe that is beneficial for us. And we don't get that when they're picked too soon. So most of the vegetables that we get from the grocery store, they're going to be healthy for us. But if we can get them, you know, especially in the, in the, in the, summer, when, the summer and spring in the fall, for some places, you know, get it as fresh as possible because the fresher, the more ripe, the better it is for our body. But we need lots of vegetables. Some fruit is fine. If you're dealing with blood sugar issues, probably smart to cut out most fruit for a while. Bring in some berries a little bit here and there, uh, but not forever. Fruit is great, but it's not meant to be eaten in high amounts because it is still a lot of sugar. Um Getting enough protein. I have people asking me, how much protein do I need? 
your body's different than everybody else's. You know, we can we can guess and we can do, you know, you know, equations to help to kind of help that. But that's one of the reasons why I like to look at epigenetic markers can that because that can give me guidance as well. So uh, it's not it's not the same for everybody, but protein is very, very important. Um, and then just keep the processed foods out. You know, there are a few things I'll eat out of a box. One of those things is chickpea pasta because I will not make chickpea pasta. And I eat it pretty rarely, every couple of weeks maybe. Uh, I mean, that's not rare. That's frequent enough, but I eat it on my high-carb days because, you know, pasta's fun. I get it. We like pasta. Um, but, you know, avoiding gluten, gluten's going to be inflammatory. I don't have any time to go into gluten right now, but I have, I talk about it all over the website, all over any videos that I do, you'll, you're going to find me saying something about gluten. So if you want to search for it, feel free to do that. Um, and then, uh, eating good, healthy meat, grass fed meat, it does make a difference. Conventional meat is inflammatory. Stay away from it. It's not good. Okay. Um, and then don't starve yourself. Eat when you're hungry. Don't eat when you're not hungry. Now, that's not going to be the easiest for somebody whose hunger hormones are out of whack. So just be aware of that and, 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 and you know, find somebody who can help you get those hormones back, uh, back in line. And I think that's going to do it. Um, I hope that you got something out of this. Uh, know that Aaron will come back and we're going to talk about dreams and all the amazing things that, that we can learn about what our dreams tell us. Uh, what our subconscious is telling us. I'm stoked about this conversation. It's not scheduled yet. Uh, I would expect it now to be in a couple of months just because I'm filled up through, I think, May, which is awesome sauce. But um, she will be she will be on and we'll get her in and we're going to have some fun with that talk. So uh, a couple of things. Find me, tastelifenutrition.com. Of course, uh, this station is KUHS Denver where we stream live every week. Uh, you can go to my website, you can fill out a free assessment and I will reach out to you personally and we'll talk about the things that you have on your mind as far as your health goals and your needs. Um, also, I have created for this year a group coaching course. I am so excited about it. I can't stand it. And we're starting it on February 17th. It is via Zoom. Uh, it's a virtual course, and uh, we're, I'm going to get trying to get some people into it to have some great conversation to learn. We're going to use the CellCore products, so supplements are included in this course because it is foundational. This is a foundational group coaching course. You can find it on the website as well. You can also find Body Bliss, which is our self-directed, on-demand, 12-week reset, essentially reset course. Uh, this is a great course if you need to get to know your body, if you need to understand your cognitive health, your mental and your emotional health, uh, move, the role movement plays in your body, the role food plays in your body, all of these things to help give you guidance in, as to what your body needs and how to best approach being your best self, performing at your top. Everything that we do is to help you to perform at your best, to live this life large, because uh, that's what I want to do. And that's what I want anybody who I come in ca contact with on any level. That's what I want for them. And that's, that's why I was put here is to just, just help people be 
live big, right? I think it's I think it's just super fun. So um, reach out if you have questions, comments uh, in any of the Facebook groups or Facebook page. Let me know if there's anything that I can do. Look out for lots of great shows to come. We're every week, 10 a.m. on Thursday, 10 a.m. Mountain Time. All right. I hope you all have a wonderful day, and we will catch you next week. See you later.